Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Art Not Algorithms podcast. Today, I am joined by Paris Watson, our Hello. music industry expert. And, um, <laughs> big words, Paris, big words. We, we often talk about how you know, you're know you the music industry person, but I feel like I'd like to give you the chance to talk about your background a little bit, talk about your experience in the industry and everything. Yeah. Um, I think mine started like a lot of people. Um, filled with some sort of passion and love for music in general. Um, I was that really weird kid in like third grade that like obsessed over the new Amy Winehouse album where everyone else was worried about Jesse McCartney's new like, you know, teenage <laughs> heartbreak. I don't know. Weird things that I didn't, I cared about them. No one else cared about. Um, but yeah, I just, I loved music. I came from a, a musical family, not in a sense of being able to play. I don't, think anyone in my family can play any instruments or sing for that matter but Except for you but no nah. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah i mean my 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 dad would you know play his stuff all the time in the car and my mom would always play hers and my sister older sister had you know her own love of like bollywood interesting international music so i had a really cool mix growing up and then the stuff that i loved so um the older i got the more i wanted to understand the sound behind things and seeing like amy winehouse's story and prince's story come to the for uh, the forefront um really intrigued me so i was super lucky that you know my parents knew my obsession with like the grammys and the amas like why does an eight-year-old want to watch an award show that's just so adult and formal yeah. um and yeah like when my grammys were my super bowl and the amas were my my playoffs and um you know, I, I was lucky that they allowed me to explore that. So whether that was traveling to see a show or playing a show or um, eventually in high school, I focus on uh, broadcast and video production because there's a recording element to everything we do, like, you know, uh, award shows, that's broadcast, music videos. How do you film? Like, I wanted to understand that stuff. Going into college, um, went to school for music industry, only made sense. Um, and, uh, you know, right off the bat, started working for a venue Actually, no, I think my sophomore year of high school is my first internship job situation for broadcast mm -hmm. and film and, and recording, and that was cool. And then going into college, um, worked for City Winery, which is a music venue on the East Coast, and did their uh, music marketing, which started as social media. That was a little too easy for me. Um, and then it went towards me like following my boss around and helping out with the box office and some shows and rehearsals and that kind of stuff for, for the people that came and played in their venue. Um, so that was really, really cool. And then from there, I went to work for a record label, um, owner of a record label, um, and, and producer or manager producer, he started managing artists and then he kind of made a name for himself with starting one of the first labels that focused solely on producers and branding producers. Um, so I did that for about a year, learned, you know, campaigns and marketing and photo shoots and travel and all those cool things. Um, and then after that, I went towards, I got a really weird opportunity to go to Manchester, Tennessee for 30 days by myself, um, and do an externship with Bonnaroo Music Festival, which for all our East Coasters, we definitely know what that is. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> did that for, for 30 days and just fell in love with it. Um, focused on artist hospitality and, um, the catering budget out there. So a lot of staffing kind of stuff. And yeah, I kind of never looked back, went, I think this past summer would have been my third year on the road, um, whether that's sponsorship or vendor concessions or, um, you know, artist hospitality, artist relations, again, catering, staffing, um, all that kind of stuff from shows from Outside Lands, Bonnaroo, Life is Beautiful, Kaboo, Astroworld. Any I don't festival know. ever. You know, no, not any exists, festival ever, yeah, but a lot of much. a lot of fun ones, super lucky. And then... Um, yeah, I mean, I got bored not being able to, like, I, tr I travel a good bit during the semesters, um, 
but got a cool opportunity to work for one of my professors who's also a, a pretty well-known songwriter and uh, started a songwriting retreat company with her about a year ago and came on as the event manager and uh that's kind of yeah, that's kind of so, all the things so I've basically done basically you've you have experience you know with managing artists like on a very intimate like personal level of you know brand building and you know everything that's associated with that mm-hmm. and then you went to live events and and kind of found your passion in that area with with you know Bonnaroo and all the other festivals you've run and that's kind of what you want to do in the future I guess heck and, yeah uh, and you also have the experience with songwriting and creating your own music um you know we yeah. won't mention the fact that you're an artist as well but uh, big words there I don't know about yeah. that but so so I dabble so you have experience <laughs> in pretty much you know, most areas of the industry, I would say from like a very broad perspective on the entire industry. Yeah. I'm very lucky. I've gotten to, yeah, develop multiple perspectives in everything that I do. So yeah. I don't just understand the world that I'm in, but how the world that I'm in interacts with the pieces around it. Cause they all yeah. come, you know, work in tandem. Yeah. Yeah. No. So now I guess now that you've heard a little bit about Paris, we can <laughs> jump into what we're talking about today. Um, you know, in our business, we, we deal a lot with the unknown artist. Uh, we see people who are, you know, struggling to, to pay their bills, living paycheck to paycheck. Super um, tough. Yeah. People paying thousands of dollars for recordings when yeah. <laughs> they shouldn't be paying anything at all. Yes. Um, people working multiple jobs that, that happens all the time. Honestly, it's a struggle uh, yeah. to, to start as an artist. Um, you know, how do you make money? How do you get brand deals? How do you springboard your platform? Um, how do you get demos? Like, there's so many topics to dive into, and, and people talk about this a lot. People talk about, you know, if you're going to be an artist, you should take these steps. Like, this is what you need to do. But we have dealt with so many different artists that we have a pretty unique perspective on how that works. Yeah, um, agreed. At an interesting time, too. At the time yeah. when it's like, I don't want to say the worst time, but yeah, kind of the worst time to be in the music industry. Because yeah. the attention, you know, with all due respect to the things that people are creating out there, but like, n- there are more important issues going on right now, yeah. um, from a pandemic to just finances and unemployment and you know people aren't really worried about who you're trying to get them to listen to so no it's much harder honestly and and that's where we've kind of found our role is dealing with these people and and, you know helping them get their career started Mm -hmm. um so we might as well you know jump right in so paris let's say you're an artist who's you know just making music in your basement you know for your (laughs) your mom to listen to yes for you to listen to and enjoy and you're like hey i i want think i want to do this professionally yeah um, i think i want to make this my career what where do you start yeah i want to preface just this whole thing with there is no wrong way to do it um yeah you know the industry or our industry is very like how creative can you get be mm-hmm. smart like don't don't reinvent the wheel unnecessarily but um you know you can go left instead of right and you could still end up at the same point so mm-hmm. you know take everything with a grain of salt but in regards to process, I think the first thing, as cliche as it sounds, it's it's a mental thing. Um, how do you go from this was just this fun hobby I do when it was rainy and I was bored in my room yeah. to um, this is going to be my job and, and not to take the fun away from it because I think art should always be fun. But, you know, if, if you want this thing to pay your bills, it is essentially your job. It's just mm-hmm. a really fun job, but it is your job. So how do you how do you make that? serious and i think the first thing is listening to your music intently not just passively listening to it actively listening to it um listening to those around you not for comparison but obviously what you hear on the radio is 
whether you like the music or not, it is a better quality product than probably the demo on your phone or the voice memo that you recorded or, you know, why learning song structure, why is that important? Um, learning different kinds of rhythm and what's your sound? That doesn't mean you have to box yourself in, but like, what, what do you like and what do you not like? Because chances are the demos you sent or the, sorry, the voice recordings you sent your mom or the songs you made for your mom, they all sounded very different. You know, mm -hmm. one was more of a jazz track and one was more of like an EDM, like, Oh, you know, pop yeah, music, yeah. whatever that is. How do you find what your thing is? Um, so I think the first thing is mental, like take it seriously yeah. and carve out time to improve on your craft. Mm. So people are, you know, want to listen to that and then, you know, expand from there and continue to make a better quality product. Yeah, no. So it, it'd be, you know, sitting down and be like, hey, I'm going to take this seriously. Mm -hmm. uh, this is this is a job, mm -hmm. um, as fun as it is, which it, it will always be fun. It is a job. Mm -hmm. And it's studying, learning, because there is an art to it. Like, there, there's an art to being a musician. And right. So listening to the people around you, listening to yourself, understanding yourself better. What do you like to do? What sounds good? Just yeah. more, a more intense study of music on on your own. Yeah. And and you briefly mentioned, you know, you know listening to other people how important is it to, you know, find a community of people who are also artists where you can like talk with them about your sound and about yeah. different sounds and what music is? Yeah. It's super important. I think, uh, normally, you know, artists are, you reach out to your friend, you're like, Hey buddy, listen to my music. And yeah. I, my friends do the same thing to me. And it's, it's a lot harder, I think, to get a, a true, honest opinion from your friend. That's not bias, you know? Yeah. Um, also, does your friend know anything about music? That's a big thing. Yeah. Don't send it to your friend that just listens to like the top 100s and only listens to the top 100 and whatever the world spits at them because the, you know, it's not the most educated um, <laughs> opinion. It It is one and you should use it, but don't let that be your uh, bread and butter. Um, but no, I mean, with the songwriting retreats um, that, that mm. I, I get to be a part of, it's really cool to see. I mean, it's a bunch of artists and songwriters coming together um, for a weekend thing and they're learning, hey, how do I improve on my craft? And there's a community outside after the retreat that everyone gets to be a part of. And it's an intimate Facebook group where yeah. they, you know, here's my demo or like, here are the lyrics, you know, what doesn't sound right? What does? Or, oh, I need a celloist for this track. Does anyone know a celloist? Like mm. networking is so important and it can make your product a lot cheaper to make when you, you know, reach out to someone yeah. and say, hey, we're all trying to do the same thing. I have this need, you know, can anyone help me out? You know, yeah, artists no, I mean, typically support artists. Yeah. We had the situation, I mean, recently with one of our artists who was paying way too much to get, to get recorded. Oh and God. Yeah. Demos. And, yeah. And thankfully, um, I mean, we just so happened to get her in contact with another, another artist we work with and they're mm -hmm. doing more of a collaborative effort. That's, you know, no cost to her when, right. you know, that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, especially when you're starting out, you can't be paying thousands and thousands of dollars for, recordings that really don't need that it's yeah when you find those communities you can reach out to people and they'll help you um and that's part of you know coming up together you know yeah. i would say i mean that goes back to making it your job and like a business almost be resourceful mm. rather than dumping ten thousand dollars into your first track that you don't even know if you're gonna love you don't even know if you're gonna make money off of it's not smart you know so um i mean definitely it's so important to to meet people around you and and whether it's musicians or songwriters or producers, like every, mm. or even just a, a friend that's really great at music or like loves music, you know, get their opinion and improve upon that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you were talking about, you know, being resourceful. Um, I mean, it's so, it's so interesting what you can get uh, when you're willing to reach out. Oh gosh. You know, when yeah. you're willing to build communities, when yeah. you're, when you hear, you know, you do re your research and, and you find, Hey, like this person sounds really great. Let me reach out. Where, where would be a good place to go find people who are musicians, I guess? 
Yeah, I think, unfortunately, it does really depend on where you are. Um, we're lucky that we're in LA, and I'm sure if you, you know, tapped on someone at In-N-Out, they probably know someone, yeah. right? Yeah, um, you're not wrong. But if you're in the middle of, of Sun Valley, Idaho, it's it's a lot harder. Um, the world is your oyster online, and there are, I, mean, I think our generation probably thinks Facebook is so outdated, but it is so resourceful, especially in the music world. Um, use Facebook groups. Use, mm. you know... If you're in school, is there a music program? Even if it's not an industry program, is are there, you know, a class is there a classical musical major or something? Are there a bunch of music crackheads out there, you know? Yeah. Um, reach out to them. Um, go to concerts. People uh, uh, concerts are typically so chill. Mm-hmm. Um, I've made some some interesting friends at concerts. I love it. Yeah. Um, ask around. Just don't be afraid to like, you know, don't I don't, I don't use the word annoying, but don't be that person that's like constantly you know, stream my music on Spotify, listen to, you know what I mean? But like, just have a humble, honest conversation. Like, oh man, like this is what I love to do. What do you love to do? Whoa. How can we work together? Yeah. Um, but definitely online. If you're, if you're in a a harder city or area or you're younger, um, be safe. But like, yeah, Yeah, there's no, I I think there's so many resources online, especially, you know, with Facebook and Instagram or even TikTok nowadays that we've gotten into. I mean, there's so many people you can reach out to. And I think what you touched on briefly that's really important is developing more of a friendship than than a, hey, like I need you to boost my career. It's, It's you find people that, you know, have similar mindsets to you and are talented and you believe in them and they believe in you. Yeah. And then you kind of create this, you know, mutualistic friendship that also happens to help you on a music sense as well. Yeah. I mean, you can even get creative and go on Instagram and I mean, people are always uploading covers or piano, whatever on Instagram Mm -hmm. and whether it's through a hashtag or you just stumble upon them and maybe there, you see something in them like, Oh, they're really good at writing courses. Or like, Oh, why is their music always so catchy? Follow them, slide in their DMS. Be like, yo man, I love your stuff. Um, whatever. You don't have to say I'm an artist too, but like build that friendship and then when you feel like it's solid, then be like, dude, you write killer courses. Like, how'd you learn that? You yeah. know? And now it's not an intimidating thing if you're only coming for some sort of um, gain. It's like, it, and be intentional, you know, not manipulative in your plan, but, mm-hmm. you know, create a friendship and and then go from there. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of the artists we work with slid in our DMs. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> you're like, hey, we love what you're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, please listen to my music. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, why not? Um, yeah. I think what's important to touch on is a lot of people think when you're getting started, you need, you know, professional help. Yeah. And that's where the big time money comes in. It's like, hey, this person who, you know, worked with Khalid and wants to, you know, produce your track and Mm -hmm. and that's cool, but Mm -hmm. that costs a lot. Mm -hmm. And nowadays things are so technologically advanced. So there are kids who can sit in their basement and make really dope sounds. Yeah. Without all this expenses behind it, that was Phineas and and Billy, Billy Eilish. That's a, that's their entire story. They made music in their bedroom on Logic or Ableton, whatever program it was that we all have access to. Um, and and here they are still doing the exact same thing, making yeah. music in their bedroom with like a major you know label behind them. Yeah, it's it's a lot more obtainable nowadays just because of you know we call them uh, DAWs, it, like the audio interface so- software where you can you know, make music. Mm. Um, the fact that everyone can have the exact same software in their bedroom that is an industry standard completely changed the game. Yeah. You know, it was first GarageBand and then it got really serious. But find buddies that like know how to use it or you learn how to use it. Yeah. You're, you're, no yeah, one's yeah. more special than the other. You know, everyone starts at the same ground zero of like what is this how do i push record yeah no yeah. i mean you're mentioning you know phineas and billy and mm-hmm. that's one of those stories where you know uh an artist uh 
and a producer come together, right? And they, they kind of come up together. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Phineas is, was the producer. I think Billy definitely produces some of the stuff, but, mm-hmm. but Phineas was the producer and Billy mm-hmm. was the sister next door where he's like, Oh, come sing on this song that I wrote. Yeah. Um, and now, I mean, they dominate the world, but uh, yeah, it, it was, it was two people, you yeah. know? I think, um, that, I think that's really cool. Um, you know, if you're an artist just getting started, you know, finding someone that you, it, you can learn it yourself and mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of value in knowing how to do that. And I would, I mean, just from what I've seen, the people who can, you know, mix and master their own stuff have a lot of power in Mm -hmm. that because that's really cool Mm -hmm. being able to understand the sounds, but also finding someone that you could, you know, start a relationship from the bottom and build yourself from the ground up, you know, yeah, um, and really come together into the industry, you know, as, as a team. Yeah. I think people get caught up in the, um, you know, oh, like whether it's a well-known producer or just, you know, someone that's somehow justify their prices and I'm not knocking people that charge you know x amount of dollars for a session it's you that's your thing that's your business and it is justified at times but when you're starting out it doesn't make sense to go spend two thousand dollars on a on a session for a song Mm. um it goes back to making it your job and your business be smart about it you know if you can sit at home and make a demo and learn you know ableton or logic on your own or even i've heard some crazy things on GarageBand. i gotta give people credit for it if you can do that on your own what's the point of having someone else who's not really passionate about what you're doing charge you two thousand dollars for a similar product maybe it's superior but then you have to ask yourself at where i am right now do i need this like wicked quality product yeah no you don't no one's listening to it right now Mm. put something good out there but it's you don't need to cut something for two grand you know yeah and and so you know what we've you know briefly mentioned in, through all of this is you know you don't have to go out there and get the best of the best and, and pay thousands of dollars you can really do it yourself especially in this new age you can you can find free demos you can reach out to people you can build your community of artists and musicians and producers around you who you you know get information from get help with and build these friendships and relationships in your community yeah um, and then from there I guess once you've created some demos or some tracks or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, mm-hmm. I think it, it kind of comes into, you know, how do you then springboard your platform? Yeah. Right. Cause you can create the music and, and that's important and your music needs to be quality and that's the number one step. But after that's, so, you know, how do you build a fan base? Like how do you get your voice out there? Yeah. Um, I mean, Instagram, um, I think we all have Instagram pages and not saying it's the best SEO way to, to get your word out or to get your music out there. SEO for those who don't, those who don't know, stands for search engine optimization. It's not the the most you know, type in so and so's name. It's just going to populate like crazy. But if you have a page where your friends love you and will support your, you know, like your picture, share your picture of you eating an ice cream cone with your friend, yeah. use that audience to also promote something that you're really passionate about. And odds are, if they're good friends or just like normal people. They're going to spread that yeah. word too and, and share your stuff elsewhere. So I'd start there. You know. Um, let people know that you're making music. How many artists don't say anything? And then they're like, I don't know why no one listens. You didn't tell anyone, right? So tell people, um, make a Spotify page. If you're ready to literally put music out there, if that's something you're looking at, put a song out there so people can look you up and listen to a song. Mm. Um, TikTok is phenomenal right now for marketing. Make a TikTok page, you know, do some acoustics in your room or a video of you like listening to your own track um, branding. It's, it's really getting the word out there, start branding yourself, start telling people who you are and what your song is. Yeah. Um, don't worry about dropping an album when no one's listening to you. Uh, if you want to go ahead, but you're just kind of wasting, we don't live in that world where you just drop albums. It's, yeah. it's a single thing. So, um, 
tell people, get the word out there and use every social media platform imaginable. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the way the industry is now, it especially with the emergence of TikTok, it's, you know, create a single, you know, put it on Spotify, let people look up, uh, look you up and then like market yourself. And TikTok's one of those platforms where it's like, you could sit in your room and, and make a video that takes 10 seconds and that could yeah. start your career. It's crazy what we've it's seen. Nuts, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and now there is more, there's things outside of TikTok because TikTok's such a variant platform where you're not positive that things are going to work. But yeah, build right. up your Instagram page, a Facebook page, build up you know, a community, reach out, you know, start it, start an email chain. I mean, it's yeah. just figuring out your brand, who you are, and then what you want to tell people yeah. and, and then tell them. Yeah. And it can be, a, that can be a really tough road. I mean, that's yeah. kind of where our bread and butter has been, you know, the past right. six months, but it's tough to do. Yeah. Something, this is just a, a minor pet peeve of mine that is so overlooked. Mm-hmm. If you have a Spotify page, make a bio. Yeah. Um, there's an about section on Spotify on your Spotify page. You should totally utilize that. If you have, you know, if, if any interface or platform is giving you landscape to do more, mm-hmm. use it. Um, when someone finds their music, they want to know like more about you. Are you 19? Are you 45? Where do you live? What's your story? What's coming? You know, give yeah. people, once you have their attention, if they want to look into you more and connect with you, give them something to connect with. Yeah. Um, and and how many times that's something we found. I mean, Gosh, we, yeah. <laughs> we look up people's um, Spotify bios all the time. It's like, hey, who do we want to be working with, you know? Yeah, it's, and, it's a big thing. And it's also, it's deeper than that too because a lot of what we do is is telling the stories of artists. Mm-hmm. You know, because a, a true fan base comes from a genuine caring about the artist's lives. Not just, I mean, you enjoy their music, you love mm-hmm. their music, but it's like, hey, like I really want to know what they're doing with right. their lives. Like I want to see what's coming next. I want to know what their plan is. Like I want to get involved in that. And that's where real fan bases come in. And it may be a minor thing, but just on your bio, telling a story about it, like telling your story. Yeah. gets people more invested in you than just your music. Yeah. And that's important. Why are you doing artist. all of this? Yeah. You know, because it's yeah. not an easy road. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing this? Yeah. Let people know. Yeah. No. So, so you go from creating creating demos creating songs um you know putting them on spotify or or marketing yourself Mm -hmm. in in a bunch of different variety of areas and i think marketing yourself is really difficult uh, in a lot of ways because there are i mean what is it forty thousand new songs every day yeah how do you differentiate yourself from the pack um i like to think that's where we come into play but (laughs) that's just that's just a plug for live um if you can find a way to market yourself i think it's then important to understand you know how how do you how do you make this a profession? You know, like how do you make money? Yeah, because at the end of the day, you got to pay your bills. Heck yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's tricky. There is no right or wrong. Um, I mean, people have gotten so creative with marketing, and some people have done the basic thing of marketing, and they both work. Um, you know, I think it goes back to goes back to the branding and going back to the socials. Yeah. When you and I'm not saying make yourself look really cool and disingenuous, be who you are. Um, but when you create a fan base, the marketing kind of comes with that, mm-hmm. you know, cause now you're this, you know, whether you're the quirky guy or girl, um, that makes those funny songs or you're that like, you know, you have the bright colors and you make the fun bops, you know, yeah. um, are people seeing you as like this really creative artist or are you just like a piano, you know, more laid back artist? That's fine. That's still part of branding and who you are. Um, give people visuals to look at those things will naturally help you with marketing. I don't think everyone's phenomenal at marketing. I don't think everyone should do marketing. It's, it's a hard thing. And I would also argue if you're not really great at it, 
um, and you want to spend time making music, don't force something because that's so easy to detect. A consumer yeah. knows when something's, you know, this dramatic backdrop with this like smoke and cool guy watches and really dope font. It's like my new single. I've seen that God knows how many <laughs> million times. Like, don't do that, you know? Um, or if that's your thing, do it. But know that there's a risk. Um, <laughs> but find someone, whether it's a friend that loves to also loves your stuff and wants to also help you mm-hmm. right outsource that that's a point where if you've created a fan base and you're just like how do i do this you know mm-hmm. there's got to be someone in your circle that wants to help you and we'll do it on the low or for free preferably <laughs> um and then facebook ads is something to look into um one company modern musician um focuses on the, the independent artist and how do how do they help you with marketing and branding and creating a fan base and utilizing facebook ads to do that yeah. um you know, not saying you should do that right off the bat because it is more of an investment, but you know, yeah, no, I mean, a lot of it can be done yourself. It's, it really I think can. it's over, not overhyped, but like overthought. I uh, think. Yeah. I think, I think when people think about, you know, how do I start off as a musician? They, they think about what deal am I going to take? Yeah. You know, like where am I going to be giving someone money? And, and, in this new age of media, I mean, we found that like, you just, you don't always need that. You, know? you don't. I mean, yeah, There's a lot of I other mean, ways to do it. If you have a friend that's an artist and you're both doing the same thing, um, what if you featured on each other's track, you know? Yeah. Now their fans know about you and, and your fans know about them. Um, if you work with producers, work keep working with that producer. Bounce off of each other's brand and, and fan base and come up together. Those are some of the best success stories in our industry or the producer-artist yeah. relationship. Um, you know, do you have a friend that wants to get into the music business? Are they really serious and legitimate about what they're doing? cool is that your manager you know is that is that your first manager um so so many things um if you really want to get into writing write with more people for more people that builds your network you know Mm. um god i mean there's so many so many yeah like it all comes back to that network you know because part of one of the easiest ways in my opinion and you can correct me if i'm wrong is is to build your fan base you can also leverage other people's fan bases right Mm. i mean you can be like hey Let's do something together. That way your people know me and my people know you. And yeah. it kind of it kind of collaborates in that yeah. way. And that's super important when it comes to, you know, your social media pages or, or just, you know. Yeah. I mean, even and you've you guys have seen me do this when we're looking at a new artist or we're looking for new artists, I'll go through their Instagram page and see what artist they tagged yep. or who they took a picture with if it looks like a music setting or a single like a uh, cover that's obviously not theirs. Right. Mm-hmm. I'll click on it. Who do they tag? When yeah. you support another artist, like that leaves a paper trail. So if you have artists like support one another yeah. and tag each other in photos, I can go to your Instagram and check the tagged and who's there. I mean, it's all think about the way you would creep on someone. Okay. Make sure that everyone <laughs> that would creep on you can see their, your music everywhere they look. Yeah. That's really what it is. Yeah. I think. No, I agree. And visuals cause audio won't, won't just sell it alone nowadays yeah yeah so when we're talking about you know branding yourself promoting yourself um it's really important because then that leads to you know streams Mm -hmm. um and when you're looking at a musician what what do you think is the most important you know data point i guess is it streams i mean what's what do you think it's a tough question it is a tough question i think sometimes um this is just from my experience when i when i worked on the label side um Data is not the end all be all. You'll be surprised uh, who gets signed or who gets an offer to be signed with literally nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it helps you a lot to say, especially in 2020, to say that I already have people that are invested in me and want to listen because that kind of does it. It's a proof of concept for you as an artist. So there's less risk on the on the label side or anyone for that matter that's trying to look into you. Um, but monthly listeners, if we're gonna if we're gonna you know focus on data, monthly listeners is a big thing. Streams are great. If you have a million streams on your song, that's great. Um, a hundred thousand streams on your song, fifty thousand streams, that's great. But when you have one song that does phenomenal and mm. the other four or two have literally nothing, that's a red flag. Yeah. Um, especially if they came out after the single. Um, typically, if you have one song that does that well, then people want to listen to more that you have. So if there's not that you know growth on the other songs that you have, it's, it's scary. And that's why I don't want people to get too caught up in the data point. But if there's any, the monthly listeners to see that you have 50,000 or 2,000 or 700 people that continually check into your sound, yeah. that's a fan. That's the best yeah. way we can kind of look at that nowadays. So Yeah, because that's a real fan base. That's right. not just a, hey, one-time stream, you know. Right. Which we're seeing a lot nowadays with, you know, TikTok. It's like Gosh, yeah. just a pop song. Yeah. ton of streams, but do people actually care about who you are? Yeah. Like, and does that one song that had, you know, X amount of streams does that even sound the same as the rest? Yeah, so I guess that's a question I had. You know, a struggling artist can can go on for so long with without really gaining traction. You know, how long until you're like, enough's enough. You know, I've yeah. tried it. I haven't succeeded. I, I'm done. Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I hate to quantify it um, because, uh, you know, giving you any number, there's some sort of success story out there. Many that would negate that number. So I would ask yourself, um, number one, how, how serious are you about this? Mm -hmm. If there is nothing else you see yourself doing, you know, or you're so passionate about this thing, then don't ever stop. Yeah. And that's not to be cliche, but don't ever stop. Um, but if you're someone that's like, yeah, yeah, I'm just coming out of high school or like I'm in high school and I just want to do this fun thing, you know, but you really have a passion for something else, then, mm -hmm. then, you know, maybe it's that fun thing that you do and mm -hmm. there's no grand paycheck in the end. Um, but I mean, do it as long as you can. Um, and I think it goes back to what we've seen recently, the artists that aren't making enough money to live. They're mm -hmm. so, so driven and passionate oh, yeah. about and hungry for what they want. They're working side jobs to pay their bills so they can still make music. You yeah. know, how much are you willing to give up for that dream? Um, keep going, keep improving on your craft, keep doing your thing. I mean, like Lizzo, for example, I, I, I don't want to get hooked up on age because it really doesn't matter. But I think Lizzo, I want to say she's in her 30s, early 30s. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a recent success story, but Lizzo has been making music for years. Yeah. You know, I remember seeing her at Music Midtown in 2017 in Atlanta on like the smallest stage at like 11 or 12 and no one was giving her the light of day. Right. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure the song I heard was Juice and whatever other banger is on her album I'm blanking right now. But I remember seeing this and being like, what am I watching? And not in a bad way, but like, yeah. Who is this artist? Yeah, you know what I mean? Who is this person? And then fast forward to what, 2019 for me, I think it was 2019 in April, I went to go see Haim with my friend and Lizzo's opening it. And I'm like, I've seen this before. Where have I seen this before? Yeah. And at the time I wasn't really hip to Lizzo either. And I became a fan after that, you know, mm -hmm. and, and Lizzo would have been on, on the top rosters for 2020 of every show yeah. you can imagine, you know, but how long you, you can look up her story. How long was she doing it for? Mm. You know, um, G easy and, uh, Matt Bowerschmidt. So G, I mean, we all know who pretty much, I think we all know who G easy is. Yeah. Um, whether you're a fan or not, you got to respect the hustle. Um, coming from the Bay went to, I mean, he was me making music when he was 15, 16 years old. 
um, went to college at Loyola University in New Orleans um, for music, was making music there too. I mean, every day that was his thing. Um, met a guy named Matt Bowerschmidt. Uh, whoa, sorry, Matt Bowerschmidt. I don't want to butcher that one. There you go. Um, at Loyola University in New Orleans in class together. I think it was like their intro to music industry class, which is so cute. <laughs> um, you know, Matt was the manager and the marketer and G was the artist. And they would sit there and you know, pass out pamphlets and travel and do this and do that with literally no money. And they could have stopped when they were 19, 20. They could have stopped when he graduated college. I don't think he had a deal out of college. Um, I think they were both just trying to make this thing work and they did it for years. And now they are who they are, you know, and geez, he's in his thirties too. Still killing stuff. Matt is one of the top 20 managers in our industry. Um, I think Jamilio, they also, I want to say they met around the same time, you know, Mm -hmm. and now the three of them have their rebels group together to find more talent. It's like if someone told them to stop five years in or three years in or, you know, after college, we wouldn't have them. So don't stop. It's just how, how hard are you willing to hustle for it? And at what point is it too much that you're giving up? Yeah. I mean, it comes down to your passion really. It's it's like, is this what you want to do? Is Mm -hmm. this what you want to do for your life? And then if that's the case, you know. Keep going. I mean, yeah. there's no point to stop. I yeah. Mean, there's so many people that have been stuck and felt like they couldn't succeed. I'm sure if you talk to GEZ or Lizzo, they're like, damn, there are times where I just didn't think it was possible. And yeah. look at them now. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Just know yourself. No one knows yeah. you better than you, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> and the cool thing with, with GEZ specifically is that we've talked a lot today about like you don't need these outside resources, you don't need to be giving up a lot of your, you know, your copyright. You don't need to be giving up your intellectual property to make this stuff happen. Like he, he did it himself. Like Mm -hmm. they, it was just him and Matt, right. That just, yeah. And I'm sure they had a couple friends produce. I don't, I, this is my lack of knowledge here. I don't know how much she like produced him, produced himself in college, but Mm -hmm. they definitely networked, you know, there's no way they went to a school with such a great program and didn't network within it, you know? Um, I think they also had a story to tell or G had a story to tell in, in the music that he was making. If you look mm-hmm. in his story, you'll probably understand it a little bit better. But um, yes, he made songs that were more party dance, girls, money, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm not going to not going to say he didn't. But um, once you get the attention of the listener, it goes back to like the, the simplest thing is a bio. Yeah. Right. The audio version of the bio is music that they can connect to that is relatable, that tells your story. Yeah. And I think that's what really helps propel an artist and, and, you know, captures that fan base. Not only do you make that fun music, but like, yo, I'm a person too. I struggle with the same stuff. Get to know me, you know, let me be vulnerable so that you're invested in me. Yeah. I mean, Um, the more emotional connection you create, the more you are invested in someone. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. Yeah. And feel free to go back to making that party music, but like, yeah, what's it, what's give them substance, you know, and depth and whatever you're doing. Yeah. Even if it's like a picture of you having a bad day at the doctor's office on your Instagram, like that's still like, haha, this guy's funny and relatable. You yeah. know what I mean? The human touch to things rather than I'm trying to sell you a product 24 seven. Exactly. And I, I think that's when it comes back to building your fan bases. It's like, you know, I mean, be who you are, like be, show that you're a person, not just, Hey, listen to my sound, like go stream me. Like I need you so I can make money. It's like, you know, get invested in me as a, as a person. As yeah. A, and don't, don't copy anyone. Like, 
if you're listening to your music or if your friends are listening to your music and they're like, yo, it sounds, sounds just like Pop Smoke or sounds just like uh, Katy Perry. It's like, well, yeah. n- not that your music isn't good, but like you don't want that. Like what else, what else do you bring to the table that the industry doesn't have? Yeah. And it's fine to be influenced by those things, but like I know, I hope this is a bad idea. I, I know times in which I've, um, you know, been on on calls with ARs from labels and mm-hmm. uh it's it's the weekly conversation of you know we've been watching these artists for you know three months now and this is so-and-so's numbers this is this is this person's number oh this person released a music video last week this person made this post like in the real world ARs and and just people in the industry are watching things for a really long time so it's not about whether or not you're killing the numbers it's like what is this artist constantly doing yeah you know um, whether you have the best music video or a really crappy one, people still watch it and yeah. it does matter. It's more sometimes about intent, but I mean, I've been on phone calls where someone's, you know, offer was $2 million and they had one song on Spotify and literally not even crazy streams, just one song. And it sounded to me just like Drake. Mm-hmm. Like when I was listening to it, I was like, is this Drake or did someone write this for Drake? Mm-hmm. I didn't understand that we were looking at this as an artist thing. And the reason why, I mean, there was a few negotiations that went back and forth with that artist and in our team at the time. But the reason why the artist ended up not getting the deal, one is because of ridiculous counters and two, because we realized this sounds exactly like Drake. Yeah. So it's like, we can spend a ton of money on this and you can, you can, you know, develop this artist, but who wants a Drake part two? No one. So you just spent, you know, $2 million on mm. something that already exists. No one wants that. So, yeah. um, it's cool that it makes it catchy and, and people listen, but like set yourself apart and be influenced by the people you love, but don't be the person you love. Yeah. I think so many people see a success story, especially like Drake or someone. And mm. it's like, okay, how can I replicate that? Cause he's obviously doing great. So if I sound exactly like him, then I'll do great. And it's right. like, no, like you need to do your own thing. You need to stand yeah. apart, like be your own person. And, and you don't want to be known as the, the dude that sounds like Drake. Yeah. You want to be known as, you know, Bobby Joe, Yeah. you know, you don't want to be known as the guy that sounds like Ed Sheeran. Yeah. You want to, you want to be Ed Sheeran, right? So, I mean, that's something to keep in mind, too. Like, it goes yeah. back to branding just in a different way. No, I mean, we've, it seems like we've covered, you know, you know, a little bit of a beginning to sort of endish. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you start with, you want to become an artist as a professional. You need to decide, this is what I want to do. You need to take it more seriously, study your craft, study the people around you, study music, understand what does well, and really take it very seriously. Yeah. And then within that, you need to understand, you know, how can I build a community around me that can help me and support me so I'm not spending thousands of dollars doing stuff that I could be doing for free and yeah. also creating connections with people in the industry and yeah. artists as well. I mean, it's just developing that those relationships and that community around you. And then when once you've done that and you've created some songs and, you know, you make your Spotify page or whatever, and then it, then it comes into, you know, marketing. And, mm. and that's where things get a lot more tricky and a, a lot a lot more difficult at times um, because you, there are so many people out there you need to stand apart, but staying true to yourself, finding who you are and just running with it. You know, yeah, it's not necessarily all about the numbers. It's what am I doing next? Like yeah. how, how is my fan base dedicated to me and how am I represented? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, if someone also believes in you and again, it goes back to vulnerability and, and sharing information about yourself and being a person, someone out there will help you get those numbers. Exactly. You know, it's not the end all be all. 
Um, it helps for majors and all that kind of stuff, but it's not a dead end road. Um, I think the most important thing out of all of it is be patient, be kind to yourself and ask for help. Um, you don't know everything and you're not the coolest thing ever. Sorry. (laughs) Um, and it's not going to happen overnight. It's, it's blood, sweat and tears and a lot of sacrifice. And that's the difference between the people that you see at the top of the charts and the people that just, you know, never really become more than that not that there are people out there that don't give it their all and and still don't become famous but the people that we all seem to idolize um look back 15 years and ask you know where did it start and it was a 15 year journey to get to where they are today exactly it's not overnight yeah no it's dedication it really is like we we call it the struggling artist story but yeah it's it's a struggle yeah it's really tough and i think that's what people fail to see a lot of the times it's like you see all the success Mm mm-hmm you know, like where you don't see where that came from. Yeah. And I think it's, it honestly makes it better once you understand where they came from Heck and, yeah. and how hard they work to get there. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're around all the time. And, yeah. and so hopefully if there are any, you know, struggling artists out there or people who are thinking, Hey, I make music. I, I want to maybe take this to the next level. Um, you know, maybe this was helpful in, in any way. I hope. Well. Yeah. yeah. That's I, always the goal. It's such a tough topic to talk about in my opinion, because it's, it's always spoken about and it's like, mm-hmm. how do you add more value to a conversation yeah. that's been had 10,000 times? But I mean, I, yeah. I hope we did here. No, I mean, we, we do have a, a very unique perspective on this stuff, especially yeah. because we deal with it so often and that's yeah. what we stand for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I guess, uh, do you have anything else you, you want to add or? No, I mean, just keep doing your thing, you know? Um, don't ever make yourself hate it because that sucks. Yeah. You know, it's art and, and let it be your, let it be your thing, but, um, enjoy it. You know, it's just, no, it's a long ride. Um, but it pays off in the end when you get there. It's one of the most, I think it's the most fun industry to be a part of. I'm biased. Yeah. But, a little biased. Uh, but, I know. love what I get to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been all right. I've been in it for a little bit now. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's fun. So yeah. if, if you're down to get nothing off of it for nothing, you know, out of it in the beginning and, and really just believe in yourself and the grind and then welcome to it. You know, it's a, it's a family. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, hope anyone listening out there is in, you know, learn something. Um, <laughs> Hopefully this has been the art, not algorithms podcast. We are live to, yes. you can visit all of our social media pages, which I'm sure will be linked somewhere in, on this video, but you know, it's at live to create. It's, at a and a playlist on you know instagram and tiktok both mm-hmm. of them and visit our website at live to create or live to create.com mm-hmm. um and you know if you're watching our youtube right now subscribe if yeah. you if you want to hear more things you know comment and let us know what uh what else you want to hear in the future what else we can help you out with we we yeah. have a, we do this because we we've we've dealt with a lot you know and we, we've seen a lot and we just want to you know Get some information out there and help people out any way we can. Yeah, 100%. Um, We're all important. about supporting the unknown artists and, and making sure talent can get to their right spot. So hope everyone enjoyed and uh, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> all right.